And now, a word from our sponsors. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hello and welcome to My Public Life as American Nerd. My name is Eddie and I am here with Jenna Sparks, the woman behind the art of Scarefare. <laughs> Before I get started, I want to um, first let you guys know that this is my second to last podcast before I go on a break. So we're going to have Jenna and then we're going to have one other podcast after this. And then I will be on a break. So good. Well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I kind of don't want to be. I, I'm kind of used to doing this, but I think I have to be. Yeah. yeah. I know. It gets it gets really exhausting. And we've been working, we've been working really, really hard. Um, to put it put it nicely and diligently. <laughs> um, uh, now, now so. Jenna, you do podcasts as well. Right. We do. Uh, we actually, uh, me and my husband, Joe, Mr. Joe Sparks, we run the World of Mythbits uh, podcast, which is a literary magazine for the world of myth. And that one, that one's a whole thing. We're still in the middle of uh, a magazine review. Now, every month an issue is released and we go through it, we read it and we review it for all of the writers, all of the artists, all the poets, everybody who submits, they get to hear our generous thoughts. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the biggest, 
hurdle has been we not we but the the 100th issue was just released and there are it it feels like there are hundreds of entries so it's taken us several weeks just to get through usually we get through it in a couple days this one it's just it's huge so yeah we've had to pause it so just so we can go finish reading the magazine before we record the second part of the review <laughs> so now yeah. let me get everybody that's listening to mainly the scarefare crowd but also uh some of my listeners as well you talked about the world of myth now scarefare uh which is coming up on october 30th is an expo and the expo is a um kind of like an arm off of the pop culture expo which is run by jay zaman jay zaman is a publishing mm-hmm. company that we both work with and jenna you uh are a, a podcaster as well as do some other work for jay zaman mm-hmm. and uh with the world of myth and the publishing company in general and you also um what what else do you do with for 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 uh Jay Zaman <laughs> and uh the world of myth and other things so when we first stepped on it started with the podcast and then we kind of graduated into other sectors uh uh last time means nothing anymore so uh PCE 2020 that feels like PCE 2012 it feels so long ago uh we I was I was reached out to that was when I started doing all of the the graphics and we were you know hauling ass to get it done and that was really I think where uh I kind of got to share (laughs) that I I know what I'm doing (laughs) you know and so we, we jumped into the podcast and then uh, I started doing book covers. I illustrated a book by uh, David K. Montoya, who, as we both know, I'm sure everybody knows that name by now. Uh, and, oh gosh, what else do I do? I write reviews for the magazine uh, every month. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do. I do a boatload. That's <laughs> what I do. In 2020, February of 2020, 30 went, years ago. Yeah, it seems so <laughs> far along. Uh, I went to the Pulp Culture Expo. I was doing a podcast with um, these other guys, and the podcast were invited to uh, do our podcast live from that area, from the, the actual uh, Pulp Culture Expo, which was run by uh, Jason Wan. And I, that's where I met um, Jenna, and I purchased... Oh, I didn't. My wife purchased this, <laughs> this art right here. My baby, which, Jay. What, which you had a lot of art that I had wanted. But <laughs> when I want art, I want like their art, his art, her art, all mm-hmm. over the place. So I have to look at my budgeting as well. And um, But um, I asked you if you wanted to do a podcast. And I was like very <laughs> intrigued with their art. And I really liked a lot of things that you did. Um then going forward another year and a half um aka 30 years yeah i (laughs) i was asked um to hop out with scarefare and uh and the pulp culture expo for 2022 because 2021 was 
still COVID was around and that kind of killed the um, Paul Culture Expo for 2021 early on. In 2021, that's when uh, David Montoya um, and uh, some of the board members of uh, Jason one decided to do Scarefair. That's when I was asked to come along. Well, I was asked to to come along and 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 do some certain things prior to that, but mainly uh, to do Scarefair. And when we started Scarefair, this was back in April of 2021. Uh, let me let me show you some stuff here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen with everybody. See. <laughs> Okay, they were sharing this. Are you see my screen? Yep. Okay, that's where Scarefair started. It was an idea. <laughs> it was it was kind of um, uh, we had the logo. We put up the 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 Instagram page, and so that's kind of where we were with Scarefair in the beginning. And then um, is that weird area between infancy and the glint in the eye? Yeah. <laughs> um, the logo it was it was a good logo, but. When we're looking at putting this thing together, where I kind of had a vision of where we wanted to start and where we wanted to uh, end up with Scarefair as an idea. But I was looking for a graphic designer, mm -hmm. somebody that could share a vision with me, somebody that can actually help with the vision. But the graphic designer, I was looking outside the box and, um, the money and the, <laughs> was wasn't there for us to get one, but we had somebody inside of the company that can actually help out with Scarefair. So we turned this logo into this logo, <laughs> which is completely different. But we had, we had to glow up. Yeah, um, <laughs> I kind of had an idea. I asked Jenna to share her ideas with me. We kind of bounced back and forth from there. And uh, from there, Jenna was awesome. <laughs> we, start, we started to scare her. But a lot of the creativity and design, I think we shared, but you went above and beyond and took it to a whole nother level. Took a lot of the art of Scarefair. And I think that art, behind Scarefair is what got a lot of vendors and artists involved because they they felt like this was going to be something big. And I think yeah. the art had a lot to do with it. Now, a lot of people think that I was the artist behind it. And I, I've said this many times before, it was not me. The creative <laughs> part of it was kind of like collaboration between the both of us. But your yeah. artwork was amazing. I mean, oh, thank you. You you took this into a different level. Now, oh, I do want to share something, and that is this logo. Let's see, this logo right here. My baby. <laughs> that logo right there. I love it. That took a lot of weeks between you yeah. and I. Some frustrating conversations because. <laughs> Because my my concept um, was kind of this, but I was <laughs> taking it into like an era, into a a. Um... We were we were we were transcending time and space in in these conversations with what we wanted to approach. I think we were trying to figure out the best uh, aesthetic 
to match with psychotic. And I know we had both because when, when we started talking, uh, obviously Rob Zombie was on mine because mm-hmm. you had just started talking to American Zombie. Right. And what do you think of when you think of Rob Zombie? You think of, you know, like goth psychedelic. funk, psychedelic. Yeah. You think of that aesthetic. So mm-hmm. I think it when we were first initially talking about it, that was where our heads were at. And as with everything, evolution occurs. And um then it, it moved into it moved backwards in time. Well, to... I think I think what it did was it, we also were looking at the color scheme. Now yeah. the color scheme had a big a big to do about with the rest of the product. Now the color scheme I wanted that fainted kind of look. Mm-hmm. Sepia, but, but sepia. Yeah, yeah, sepia. Initially. yeah. Initially I said sepia, but I was giving you an arrow saying. Oh, it's more like 70 psychotic, like yeah. 70 um, psychedelic. Mm-hmm. And so you'd come back to me, how's this? And it was 70s. And I was like, oh, that's that's not what I was <laughs> imagining, but that that's cool. I like I, I and the 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 circle in, in psychotic, which is the O and the the swirl, mm-hmm. that would we talked about that so much. Yeah. And you scrapped it and scrapped it and scrapped it because it was going back and forth between us. And I think that 70s look wasn't the look that I was going for or you were going for because the sepia look and the 70s look clashed. Mm-hmm. They clashed. Yeah. They clashed. So we had to go. And <laughs> it was nerve wracking because um, a lot of times we spoke either through text or <laughs> even even if we spoke over the phone, a lot of the... Um, uh, intention intention i think got confusing <laughs> yeah but when you came out with this and showed this to me okay i think yeah. i think i think we've got it now yeah and, and then you came back at me with this and i said that is awesome that yeah. is completely what not what i envisioned because it was above and beyond uh <laughs> so I, much more. I always try to you know I think my biggest thing is I like people to have options when we start <clears throat> tackling these big projects, we can start out with an idea, but like I said, everything has to evolve. You know what I mean? Like there, there are times where you hit the nail on the head the first go, but um, sometimes you, you need to start somewhere. That's like the polar opposite of the, the intended goal and you can kind of flesh out the, the the finer details that way. And even right now, I'm working on a project with a friend and um, we have like a really, it's not difficult. We're not starting from scratch or anything. We're just um, kind of finessing an existing work. And even so, I want to make sure she has as many options and uh, uh, just ideas present because she's also an artist. So luckily that helps a lot too. So she kind of knows where my head's at. I see where her head's at. And so that's the biggest thing though, like I said, is just making sure that um, we get where we're headed. And it, it takes a minute. It, there's no doubt about that. It takes a minute to kind of fall in, not necessarily line, just uh, synchrony you know, especially yeah. with aesthetics and designs, because we could go a million different directions with, with a theme like Scarefair. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we, we talked, I know we talked a lot about, you know, like seventies horror in general, not even just like, like, uh, uh, the, the general vibe of seventies horror, just that vintage feel. And I think that was kind of the, the takeoff point that we were able to, uh, I keep saying evolve, but that was what we evolved from ultimately, I think. So that worked out. Early on, we started this in April and as we're getting scared for up to be marketable, we took this design here and um, the special guest is an orange and um, the regular, the other vendors are in green. Now we took this and we put the vendors into the box and every box was uniform and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten a lot, a lot of praise on the way that we're marketing Scarefare. And I'm not talking just from the vendors because the vendors thought that this was an awesome tactic, but I also got it from other um, venues and promoters Mm. as well. And then from there, there's other copycats. Because we started Scarefare back in (laughs) April and our event is not till the end of October, um, a lot of events have already gone, come and gone and passed, but they, some of them, as we noticed, were copying the same mm-hmm. idea structure that we did. And some of them actually went really good and, and putting some, um, back layers in back of the, the graphic yeah. on, uh, front and uh, some ideas for the future. But I think, uh, what I've gotten feedback from, uh, some of the promoters and vendors, was that we kickstarted this season. I think so. I think we really did. Um, the biggest thing is legitimacy. You know, that's that's a word I like to apply a lot to every every endeavor I go into because especially if you're somebody who ever has dealt with like imposter syndrome, um, it's a scary feat to ensure that you are seen as a legitimate anything, whatever your, your, uh, place is. So with Scarefare, I wanted to make sure that we looked legitimate because we can slap graphics together easy. Like that's not a hard thing to do. There are countless apps, countless, uh, uh, little toys for the computer that you can just slap things together easy enough. You can go in Fiverr, find someone to make a, a really basic logo for, you know, a reasonable amount and, Really, it's not that reasonable because they're undercharging themselves. But, you know, uh, when you start with an aesthetic and you want the vendors and you want the special guests, you want everybody who is is making that bet on you to to want to make that bet on you. You know what I mean? They're they're willing initially, but then when they start seeing, like I said, that legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And then they really realize, okay, wait, they're not messing around. They are actually putting in major, major, major work to make this time and effort. Yeah. And so that's, like I said, that's my biggest thing is just making sure that we can go, I don't want to compete with or anything, but you know, you look at the biggest conventions out there and they're, I mean, they're able to hire uh phenomenal designers and stuff and and that's their only role um and so that that's my biggest thing i i i don't want it to look like there's just one person behind the scenes yeah. making all this up that it's actually like a whole team 
but it's not. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, kind of it's kind of difficult because you you feel as if you're slapping lipstick on a pig. But yeah, we didn't we didn't want that feeling. We wanted mm-hmm. it to be as much as you're looking at the art for the event or the expo to come out as much as you saw it on yeah. the, the website or the page that you're seeing it on. We mm-hmm. wanted to the feel to go on with the expo as well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, another thing we wanted to try to achieve was when we went into this was, okay, we have all this, okay, but we got to keep the audience interested. Yeah. Because so, you can start, because po- especially because <clears throat> you started posting back in like, april <laughs> pretty much way back when way back then, and yeah. so we had to kind of start thinking about how to you know keep interest and maintain right. interest and then so the next step was video <laughs> <laughs> now this is one of the videos that we had that you had done and i i this so- one's so simple it's so simple <laughs> thank yeah. god for free resources on youtube yeah uh, do i have sound <laughs> sound off no very simple <laughs> but but effective too yeah because that's all you need it's it it fits the vibe it fits everything um and attention span people yeah. that are usually on instagram or facebook i i feel that instagram has taken another leg in the leap and has become the new format to advertising and marketing mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people are leaning more on instagram because they want fast content yeah something really quick something really really and, and tiktok my gosh tiktok yeah, is no. so huge now <laughs> and um i i did tiktok like four years ago i think <laughs> and i did some pretty funny things but i uh my age i'm like that's oh, right more i know it's like i feel weird being on tiktok like- oh my gosh I, <laughs> I've, done, I've, I've done some and um my wife has this onesie and it's a um, an alligator it's a it's a um it's a dragon and um, my wife was out in, in um new jersey and <laughs> she's visiting her grandmother her grandmother is dying and oh. i'm here with I'm, <laughs> home, I'm, I'm home with the kids I'm home with the kids and so I'm like and they're like oh TikTok TikTok was a new thing for them and they're showing me stuff I said that's easy to do so I throw on my wife's um <laughs> one drama onesie <laughs> and I did TikTok with this girl that I didn't even know and, and we didn't never met or never spoke to each other but it's she like had one this of those one stitches TikTok. or yeah. whatever yeah where you collaborate but you don't know who you're yeah the person okay so i did that and then i did another one then i did like four or five different tiktoks and the number of uh people that responded to them was outrageous <laughs> i was like oh my god look at all these people i have liked this and they're like dad you're famous <laughs> my god and i'm like no it's it was something simple that i felt like doing to entertain the kids yeah because during that time uh their mother was not home yeah. And so I did it to entertain them as well as entertain myself. And I thought that was funny. But then lo and behold. <laughs> but then lo and behold, yeah. And then I that's enough. I, I I did what I needed to do and achieve what I needed to achieve by entertaining my kids with these mm-hmm. TikToks. Oh, look at that on TikTok. And so they're like, oh my God, my friends saw your TikTok. And, the, <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. And so um, there's a couple of them that I did. But today i don't feel the same to do the tiktok videos i feel I'm... like it's 
it's so time consuming. I feel like to make one like 30 second video, you know what I mean? The way just from the effects that go into it anymore. And it's, I did one and not even one. I did like a reel on Instagram. Cause you know, Instagram's trying to keep up with TikTok. And even my nephew who's 16 was just like, that's, that's what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't know what else to <laughs> yeah, do, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, my, uh, am, my daughter, my daughter was 11. Now she's 12. She's 12. Uh, she turned 12 last week. Um, I did a video of, um, all of our comic book artists, all of our comic book artists, and uh, put them in collaboration with the, the the music. I didn't do that. She did that. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you do real? She's like, are you serious? That she did that, and I and I put that on on um, the page as well. But but what you're doing now with your videos, uh, uh, <laughs> further is just really creative genius, and it's something that I've never seen out there. <laughs> i love the light switch fan. <laughs> now i have never seen anything creatively like that it's simple but i know it took a lot of work to do and 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 you're telling me that you wanted to do so much more with it oh but- my god i had <laughs> i okay so for whatever reason, I, I don't, I, I don't know why I, I don't know if it's something I need to talk to a therapist about or whatever, <laughs> but like I set ridiculous goals for myself. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm good at, at accomplishing them. <laughs> other times. They're so outlandish to the point where it's just like, who do I think I am? <laughs> you know? And when I first kind of, like I had thought about several months ago, I think it was back in like June, July-ish. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could actually like animate a couple things. And I've never animated. I've never uh, put forth any effort into any kind of like animation programs, anything like that. And I, <laughs> I legitimately wanted to actually do some stop motion because it's 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 an understandable concept, you know, like it, and I I'm familiar and very time consuming. It's super time consuming. The little stop motion bits that I wanted to do were like super, super easy, nothing too outlandish. Like I said, even though I like to set those standards for myself, um, I had bought like everything I needed to do it. It was I, w- I was going to build a box um, to film in of uh, uh, appropriate lighting and everything like that. I bought the the right kind of, cl- well, not the right kind of clay, just a clay that uh, another animator who I worship uses. And I was like, if that's what he uses, I guess that's what I'll use. So uh, this, this is named sort of the T and a B? No. Okay. <laughs> it's Jim McKenzie. Okay. <laughs> who I asked you to go stock for me. <laughs> what well, he was at one of Spooksy Boo's event. And yeah. I was like, please go find him for me. And you were like, yeah. no, I'm not paying what it costs to go find him. So I didn't get to uh, vicariously get you to tell him how much I loved his work. Uh, <laughs> but maybe next year he'll show up at Scarefair. Anyway. I was like, okay, so I'm going to kind of copy him. He works in After Effects. He puts all these things together. I can do that. I know I can do that. I could not do that. Um, So 
what took a lot of time up though was not the stop animation they were the uh drawings that i had started kind of doing to fully flesh out like this this animated teaser that my brain had started conceptualizing and i did i would say a good 25 to 30% of what I actually needed to do. However, <laughs> it's one thing to have the static pieces, but then to actually make those pieces move, that's a whole other venture. And everything I've ever done, I've been self-taught. So I figured, oh, I can learn obviously how to animate within a couple of days. <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, you probably can over time, but not in a couple of days. So it just, it got to the point where it was like, I, I was stressing myself out unnecessarily. Um, so I was like, you know, I have to, I have to scrap this idea. And I had never actually like outright told you, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to jinx myself, but I, I know you knew, like, you were like, I, I know that I know. I know this bitch. Uh, I know what she's gonna, she's gonna try to pull some some weird stuff out and do something. Yeah, I was uh, I was <laughs> trying to hound something out of you for a while. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, because here I am trying to put these little videos together, knowing mm-hmm. and knowing in the background that you're gonna give me something, something and, just don't but, know what. But I'm curious to what it was, and my curiosity always leads to um, me killing myself and trying to figure <laughs> out what it is. Um, but I'm trying to get this information out of you and you're like, ah, I'll show you when I'm done. Yeah. It kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, so here I am making these smaller videos, just trying to get something out there. Yeah. So, and I was so sad, like to have to scrap it, you know, because I was like, I really, really wanted to put it out there. But then you were like, okay, we need something to start filling up the space for October. And I'm like, Oh, actually, hang on now, because I I figured I could use what I had already. Like I could use that to experiment and learn with. But here was this opportunity. Like, no, actually, if I can just kind of finish a couple little things, I think I can actually like make make an animation. And fortunately, with my limited knowledge of the animation process, and I'm so sorry to animators out there who devote their lives to this craft. I mean, zero disrespect in my complete amateurishness, you know? Um, But fortunately, like Adobe has character animator. So I was actually able to make a character. And he was supposed to be like the guide throughout this little teaser trailer that I wanted to make. And he was supposed to, to lead the viewer throughout uh, psychotic, but I was like, no, what if he's actually just the guide for all of Scarefair? And my brother, bless his heart. He, he does voices. He's immaculate with voices. That is my brother. And he, Like the minute he did that voice for me, I, I, I started writing like the little baby scripts for what I wanted him to read. And I could not hear anything. And it got to the point where he was working so much. I'm like, we're never going to be able to record this. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, I guess I can do it. And I can just throw, luckily I have Joe who, you know, is an audio engineer. He can do something with it. You know what I mean? Um, And then luckily, 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 we found like a nice little like 45 minute uh, uh, bout of time where we were able to sit down with my brother and record. And he just blew me out of the water. And I honestly thought that that was 
maybe Joe, maybe someone that you knew actually doing their own voice and then their own voice would be characterized through a um, app that Mm-mm. changes your voice. Mm-mm. Like a voice changer. Yeah. That's what I was thinking I was going to have to do, but nope. <laughs> That's an actual voice. That's, That's cool. my brother. He's doing his best i tried to get him to calm it down a little because i'm like no like i don't i don't want to get with any lawsuits (laughs) but he was doing his best mark hamill uh, impression and i think taking it away from the joker joker and applying it to the ringmaster or the ring the ringmaster the ringleader you can kind of see like okay i get the inspiration but your brain i don't think totally relates it so he was having fun nerding out so and now we're gonna prep some more videos to put out in the next couple weeks as time evolves and we inch closer and closer and closer so they're pretty cool though but we have um we're we're kind of setting it up to uh lead into scarefare but Mm -hmm. we have quite a few of them uh that we're releasing but um because the way i was getting them on my end I accidentally released one that wasn't okay. supposed to be really said, but but they're supposed to also tell a story leading up yeah. to leading up Skiffer, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, receiving it because I was like, what what is this? And then I played it, and I'm like, that is pretty <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> I think it's just fun. Like yeah. you don't see that, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 always on the business end it's always okay here's the people you're gonna see here's some cool graphics here's some you know random things here's maybe some stock footage from somewhere but to actually have uh uh like a a character Mm -hmm. representing you know not so much Chuck E. Cheese-ish, but uh, to have a mascot of sorts for a specific event. Obviously, I don't think the ringleader is going to be here next year, depending on what our theme is. But it's just fun. And I thought that would be really fun to watch and really fun to engage with. I know I would stop in my tracks if I saw that, you know, so that's what I try to approach everything with. It's very interesting. It's like um, you... (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to pass it by you kind of just want to hit the play button and find mm-hmm. out figure out what this thing is and then once you got one you want to go on and see the next one the next yeah one, and then want to see what what the hell we're going to be talking about exactly so, so that's pretty cool i love it so now we know <laughs> if any other places any other conventions think that they want to do an animated character we know we'll know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of setting the tone for ourselves to outdo ourselves we're not just outdo ourselves outdoing what they come up with mm-hmm. as well. so yeah now i want to show go back to this i want to show your art now Maybe. your own art yeah i've been so bad with my instagram i oh my lady d that has been such a popular, popular character. And She's it's so weird. a delight. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird because we saw her, uh, my wife and I have seen her, um, I believe it was a year ago, as, mm-hmm. as just one of the, the characters um, 
but we did not know that it would take off this much where it was like a cause you did not think and- that a giant lady with giant boobies and giant everything else was going to make the rounds on the internet well not to the part where not, okay she hits so many checks for that list of yeah, how yeah. to go viral i do agree that it was yeah but to make it a cosplayer before yeah. uh, before she was even out actually they having were, content or they were, uh, they were actually yeah exactly before the game was even released yeah. she was already being cosplayed mm-hmm. but she's uh, a powerful character she's so good oh, yeah. i i tried i tried to fight it uh my nephew and I, we started playing through a uh, village and I was like, okay, she's going to be an all right character, but I'm sure there's going to be better ones. And no, lo and behold, I just fell in love with her. Um, and my, I love Angie. Angie is my favorite character from village. And I want, I wanted so badly to do a piece of her for a scare fair, but I'm just, I'm out of time. <laughs> so she will come just not yet. Oh yeah. Well, that was my, your semi art. Nice little collection. <laughs> I love this right here because this is different than the rest of the pictures that you mm-hmm. have, the, than the rest of the artwork that you've done. Now, well, that this, one was pretty much thanks to you because you put me into contact with all the guys from Line Breakers. So, like, you kind of broke that ice. And so they asked me to be a part of um, a benefit back at the beginning of COVID to help with hospitals um in the high desert so i couldn't say no to that no do you have my first cover do you have that i do want to show that do you have that Um, which one the the cat one i think i I, and of course i don't have her on my screen well oh you know what go to my website i have her on there you can see her up there it's just jenna sparks art.com i swear i'm i i'm doing all the work back here i'm not trying to whore myself out in this context jenna sparks art yep dot com i have to um it's very weird because i have to type with one hand because my keyboard is so high because (laughs) i have to have my camera up then okay there it is right there okay yeah now you did a cover for an actual dc comic there it is there and I'm now, a DC is, nerd, so I was so stoked. This is to for a charity uh, run by um, Line Breakers for the local hospital. Um, was it St. Mary's? I believe it was. It was St. Mary's, okay, yeah. St. Mary's Hospital. They did a um, a charity where you would um, auction off these, just kind of like a silent auction, mm-hmm. and uh, people would bid on these and. Uh, I believe yours was one of the top ones, right? I th- yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't as big as some of the other names on there because there were some big names involved, but it did pretty well. I was very proud of myself. Yeah, it did very well. Because that's I mean, one thing, you know, when you go like head to head, not head to head, but like you, you kind of get grouped with these guys who are super important in this industry and then yeah, so I was I was really proud of myself. <laughs> now there are a lot of guys. I yeah, mean, I'd say a good eighty uh, percent of comic book artists are probably guys, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some women that I do collect a lot of uh, Don Matig, uh, Sun, um, a lot of female artists that I really really like their art as well, and to have them, the females drawing females. Mm-hmm. 
with such a good eye yeah it, it the work comes out awesome just it's, i think there's a bit of a difference um the way uh men and women go about approaching uh the the sex that they are most attracted to <laughs> oh, yeah. or the gender that they are most attracted to uh because obviously you're you're gonna draw what you're appealed toward right um and so I think women have, uh, when they go about drawing other women, there's a, a bit of a different vibe. Because even if, you know, your your women are attracted to women, they they see it in a different way. It's kind of like the old joke, um, I'm going to get more excited by a woman complimenting me before a guy compliments me because it means so much more coming from someone of the same gender. Yeah. <laughs> Now this is one of my favorites. speaking of misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that really was an inappropriate segue, but it works. <laughs> but it works, uh, and and this is one of my favorite ones for me Impact. because you've captured so much of his emotions, <laughs> but so much of the the person that played <laughs> the character. I mean, that is an exact portrait. That was who he was and the character as well as, as who he is. Um, I loved doing that piece so much. The blood like, and the, I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, I, I love, there are things that I love drawing that I get really sad that I don't draw more of, like blood. Blood is so fun to draw um, because it's it's such a dynamic thing. <laughs> so when you get it, like, I, I love the blood on that one too. And it sucks because the original sold. So I don't even like get to go back and oh, like, look at it in person. Like, I love it when originals sell, but I also hate it because I like yeah. to go back. And because like, when you're, oh. when you're working on a piece, yeah, Christine, I didn't even know you had Christine McConnell. Oh my gosh. That piece was a lot of fun too. I was, I was binging a lot of her content. <laughs> Christine McConnell. Yeah. I I was we we my wife and I was disappointed that her show um, was canceled. But, For real. But but you get you know why. But as a fan of her, um, I wanted to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she's doing something else now. Yeah, she's on YouTube and she has a Patreon. Right. The minute I found out she had a Patreon, I got on there. <laughs> so and then she 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 went through like all of her house. Um, showing us a bunch of different projects that she did to her personal house. And then she moved to New York and I was so mad because her house um, where she lived, she lived not far from us uh, up in the mountains. So up in Twin Peaks. Peaks And and so that's like an hour away. And I was like, I want to buy her house. I desperately want to buy her house. But again, I didn't up know in the her, mountain. yeah, I saw we we did see that her house was for sale or mm-hmm. she was she had a house, but I didn't know it was up there. It's it's super close. Like she I can't remember where it was. She was it was somewhere on her YouTube, and it's like she's driving through Hesperia and stuff. Like she's super she lived super close. And I and even her parents' house, my best friend Victoria lives in uh the Inland Empire, and her parents' house is in upland right down the street from my friend's parents house so they would actually get to see what christine would do to her parents house in person (laughs) because she would always go and and doll it up yeah i I like her crafts i like i like her style um 
she reminds me a lot of um Dita Van, uh, yeah Dita um, Vontis. Dita Vontis. I got you <laughs> um and but she was very articulate she was I mean she was her voice is her. so yeah. soothing like put her on the calm app <laughs> now now I I tried to get a hold of her for Scarefair and there's <gasps> like I couldn't get in touch with the right people for her but there's another female who contacted us and said hey um i'm just letting you know i'm coming to scare fair and i was like oh okay so i've seen some of her work uh before she's mainly a youtuber but she's pretty pretty big and that's the um the homicidal uh homemaker oh i've heard of her yeah yeah and she said i want to say i actually follow her (laughs) i mean when i saw her stuff and stuff that she does and she does a lot of cooking a lot of homemaking stuff um a lot of design work when she said that she was coming i was like very thrilled that we're gonna have something like that and she's coming because she follows manku and a couple of uh, uh vendors that that we're gonna have at, at the show as well uh um missy uh sahagan which is the manku uh shop manku mm-hmm. gal um she follows her and so that's why a big reason why she's coming as well she wants to come and see so her and some of the other vendors that we have um but when she she texts me i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> thanks I, uh, yeah I, and and my wife follows her uh my wife watches a lot of stuff that she does on facebook and on um, on instagram as well so yeah i i think that's what's going to be a big help too is just those like like the the word of mouth mm-hmm. you know in those instances because you know because she follows missy you know look at the 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 link that was made there so i think that's going to be one of the most exciting parts is to see what happens after the fact well it's kind you know of what weird I mean? yeah it's kind of weird when um missy has never done uh, a show before she's never done an expo she's never done a show but she's very popular mm-hmm. i as she doesn't like to be called an influencer but i think she's <laughs> a major influencer because she has a lot of followers that try to emulate her style and the way she does things but she does things so sporadic and she just does what she wants to do. yeah and her videos <laughs> and everything she does is like wow um she's a very nice person and she's funny and but she's acting now as well and she has her first film coming out but wait with, until you hear the script i wrote for the ringleaders promo for uh, her okay. i love it so it, many puns based off of her work i'm so excited for that one and i hope she likes it as much as i do she she will love it uh john masari loved his um (laughs) as well um now with missy was funny was some of the vendors that i asked uh on board to come on board back in may and early parts of june it was kind of like a no i said okay we'll just move on to other vendors (laughs) but as soon as we dropped missy Hey, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And that's only because they wanted to meet her. Mm-hmm. Nobody has really met her. Yeah. And a lot of people want to come and see her just to uh, meet the person that they buy their clothing off of. Yeah. Or buy their jewelry off of or buy their lingerie off of. And mm-hmm. and Missy was kind of like um, not wanting to do the vendor portion <laughs> of it because she is um, isn't not that she's afraid, but she's kind of overwhelmed that she's going to have a crowd yeah and it's a was, big thing she was nervous about that 
as yeah. well. As long as she has one to two people with her or three or four people, she'll be fine. She will be more than fine. Um, just she's got to look at it this way. She is the the she is the, the star at the the merch booth of her own show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is not a bad place to be. Which is kind of weird because she has a huge line of product, mm-hmm. which is her own product. And then she also has her acting career too, which is mm-hmm. taken off. And her acting career, even before she's an actress, people are interested in seeing what she's going to do. Yeah. And then the film that she's in um, with the Robert Mooks and Lane uh, Deeds, and um, and she is the um, star of that movie that she just put out. It's supposed to be released on October 30th. I think Ooh. they might release it a little bit earlier. Um, but she's going to have some uh, merchandise there for Appetite for Santa as well. Nice. So, yeah. And um, some posters that she showed me that she's going to have signed as well. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty sure Smart. a lot of people will love to get their hands on those posters. <laughs> um, but uh, Missy is the kind of person that um, very quietly can actually show a big impact mm-hmm. uh, when she posts her um her little ad for scarefare which you had done for her as well um it gets thousands yeah. of likes just instantly like automatically this is like mm-hmm. you see it grow from not one to two to ten to twenty you see it grow from 100 200 300 400 likes and it's like great now I don't know if that relates to numbers of uh, her people that want to come see her, but most of the people that want to come see her are from Southern California, yeah. or the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm I'm glad that she's coming on board and she's very happy about doing Scarefare as well. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about you. <laughs> Stop that there. Okay. How long ago did you get into art? I I guess I really really like I kind of stumbled into it when I was young teens I guess the way I I I feel most comfortable telling it is my friend Jules had introduced me into uh what at the time was referred to as and this is never it never sounds right because it's the weirdest terminology the um dolling community (laughs) so what it is it's pixel art and it was we would make pixel art but oftentimes it was like super super detailed hyper detailed there are people who did landscapes huge huge things in microsoft paint you know and uh a lot of a lot of it was we would make what we call bases so bases would be like a, a naked model and you go and uh, you, you, you draw on it, you, depending on who created it, you kind of re, uh, modified it a little or something like that. Now, anyway. Did you, did you buy these programs yourself or did you? No, it was just Microsoft paint. Okay. It was just Microsoft paint and, uh, forums. And there were forums with other people who did the pixel art and stuff like that. So we would make them for each other. And it was, it was a really close-knit community. And so because like uh it 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 was people, you were you were pixeling people, you know, uh movie characters, yourself, just uh the, you know, a lot of times there were like 
anthropomorphic stuff. There's a lot of anime, all geek stuff. And I guess that was kind of like my first foray into, because if you look at what I'm doing now, it's not much different. It's just a different elevated level. And I moved uh, away from digital, but then I started painting I don't love painting, so I didn't really stick with it, but I can paint. I just, I I don't have the, the mental capacity for the mess, I guess. Like I hate having to set up uh, an entire like environment to have to, to work. So I, I, I kind of cut that out. Then I moved on to it, graphite. It's, it's, I guess it's much harder to buy all these different colors of paint and try to create one color of paint. Well, out of I all mean, these different little bottles of paint compared cool to having everything there on your computer. The that yeah, yeah, that is a significantly other playground. Yeah. But the cool thing is if if you know what you're doing, it just takes three colors of paint and you can make any color. You know, and and I love color theory. That's one thing that like you know, it's it's the building block essentially. But yeah, three colors you're good. Put doing it digitally, entirely different landscape. <laughs> it's an entirely different. I mean, obviously the concept of color theory is there, but it's a totally different thing. And um, then you have to talk about like conversion and stuff, which is always fun with like CMYK and RGB, which for, if you're printing these pieces, it's a whole thing. You've heard me talk about it so much. I'm sorry. That's you don't right. need to hear me no, talk no. about it more. That's right. But yeah, that's why I think I like moving on to graphite because um. I I started tackling graphite probably like seven, eight years ago now. And I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, because I think a lot of people, when they think of graphite, they immediately dismiss it as it's it's a sketcher's tool. You know, it's not uh something that you can actually really build upon even though there are amazing graphite artists out there or people automatically jump to the assumption of charcoal. And I don't like charcoal either because again, I like relatively mess-free things. Um, and charcoal art is, is beautiful in, of, in and of itself. But um, I feel like graphite is definitely one of the most underrated art, art forms, traditional art forms out there. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what appealed me to it is just because like, I think one of the biggest compliments I got, I had done um, the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. And he was, he's to this day, he's probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. And fun story behind that one is that Guillermo del Toro allegedly actually wanted to buy that one. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And he, I, I, again, this is all alleged. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because obviously it's, I've never, I never talked to the man himself. Um, but uh, somebody he he had worked who had worked with him had attended the art show up here in the high desert, no less. And I guess she had put him on a FaceTime and they talked to the gallery owners. And at this time I had left and he wanted to buy it. Uh, <laughs> but it had already been bought, which is again a good predicament, but breaks my heart you know what I mean because I'm like oh my gosh like Guillermo del Toro could have had it but the biggest compliment beyond Guillermo del Toro wanting to buy the piece I think the biggest compliment I got got was that um it looks digital it looked like digital art because th that means that like because I love that smooth almost porcelain 
uh, effect. And I love graphite for that reason. You know, I love just that, that super, I don't even know what you'd call it. Just that, that really airbrushed feel. And I don't know, it's just, it's, I think there's just so many like underrated factors to using graphite. And then plus you partner it with watercolor, which I like to do as well. Um, and that just makes that pop so, so meticulously. So I, I, I just, I'm really kind of stuck in my ways, I think with what I like to do, even though I try to kind of edge out, <laughs> but I, I still just love, I love graphite and I don't think I'll ever move away from it totally. <laughs> so it's been point to your answer to your question. It's been about under 10 years since I've worked in graphite, but like almost 20 years that I've worked as an artist. <laughs> How many times do you create something um, out of graphite or digital and your masterpiece, um, the original, does not come out the same on paper when you print it? Like when I get prints for it? Yeah. Luckily, it, it happens very often because one thing with graphite, when you scan it and when you print it, it uh, reflects because it's a metal, right? So it reflects and it comes off with this like green hue, which I love green, but it's not great <laughs> to have a green hue. Um, so really it's just understanding the tool itself and learning you know, obviously if you look at my work in person, it's super, super contrasted. I am not afraid of black. I love super deeply contrasted materials. Um, and so you have to be very careful and meticulous when you go about printing that. And, you know, as we've gotten to talk about what you see on like a computer screen. So after I scan a piece is not what you're going to see in person, you know, granted, you're going to see things that you can pick up and adjust and everything, but it's going to translate completely differently when it's printed onto a flat piece of paper that doesn't have illumination behind it. Right. So you have to be very mindful about that. And it, it sucks because yeah, it's really easy to screw that up <laughs> because again with super high contrasted materials it can it, it can just turn into a, a blob of a mess but um luckily the printers I I found after so much work <laughs> finding a printer uh they are phenomenal and they know exactly what they're doing. They they try to do everything they can to match what they see on a screen to what they're going to see on the uh, on the paper. So it, it that's good. It's not surprisingly uncommon now, for it to get must, messed up. How difficult is it to price your own work? So <laughs> earlier I talked about imposter syndrome, right? Uh, <laughs> it's you're going to face people who tell you you're under underselling yourself, you're underpricing your skill. Um, and then of course, if you, if you have anything happening in here, which most people do, but especially artists, you live with, I mean, just a, a wild amount of self-doubt and that self-doubt creeps in and it tells you, you know, you can't sell it for that much. You can't price it at that. You, you don't deserve to price it at that. I mean, really fun things, you know, that you, you get to hear all yeah. the time. Um, so a lot of it comes from, I think, 
um, mentally stepping back, looking at your work, realizing how much time went into it, realizing how much time went into learning that skill, how much, uh, you know, of course you think about product and everything like that, that goes into it. And so my pieces, I mean, for what they are, like the originals, they're not, they're not super high priced. You know, they go from anywhere from like 150 up to 500, the bigger, which realistically is not awful. It also depends. Cause one of the biggest factors is galleries. If you get your work in a gallery, uh, they take a small percentage. And so you have to price accordingly for that as well, right. because if you don't, you're the one who gets screwed. Yeah. Um, but obviously if you don't price it just right and it doesn't sell, that gallery is not going to really want you back. So it's, it's such a, a ludicrous mental game that you have to play with yourself to figure out how you're going to price it. But then you also have to listen to the people around you, you know, the people who also see you and watch you doing this or people who follow your art and respect your art and want to contribute to your art and however they can. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a freaking game, you know, and it sucks because there's so many components to it. You know, like I said, with the originals and selling at a gallery prints, that's a whole other game because, you know, I have my Etsy, my Etsy shop and I have to sell them for about $20 for me to make really any kind of profit. But like at a con, I can sell them for like 10 and I'm good. You know what I mean? Cause I make the same amount of profit right. essentially, but because mm -hmm. like Etsy, they take their percentage and you have to think about shipping, shipping yeah. which most of my shop is free shipping. Then you have to think about uh, packaging material. <laughs> so you have to think about all of that. So you get screwed. You get screwed no matter what. But ultimately, ultimately, it's it's all up here, you know, that you kind of have to play around with and and convince yourself that it's worth it. Um, and, and no artist wants to screw anybody uh, in that, you know, we don't want to think super highly of ourselves, but there does need to be a little bit of, um, I don't want to say arrogance or cockiness, but there has to be some kind of self-assuredness to know that it's okay. It's okay to price your things, uh, you know, a little bit higher or to price them. You know, if you've put, you know, 40, 50 hours into a piece, you know, they're the right people are going to understand that they're going to yeah. see that. Now, who are your favorite artists? Oh, um, <laughs> I know. I have so, so, so many. I am so influenced by so many people. So um, obviously, I think my my number one favorite, favorite, favorite artist who I always look to just in terms of skill and what they manage to ever create is Alphonse Mucha, who was an artist at the turn of the century. And he pretty much helmed the Art Nouveau style. And I mean, you, you'd know his work pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm super influenced by, by that. Just, you don't necessarily always see it in my work, but he's always there in the back of my mind. Um, but in terms of like modern day, oh my gosh, there's so many. I, I see that you're influenced a lot by entertainment, a lot yes. by movies. Um, is that your go-to usually? Usually. Um, I don't do it on purpose. Sorry, that was my end. I don't know if that picked up or not. Um, but I 
I'm obviously, I think most, most people, especially like people within our age range are, Joe likes to call us children of the cinema (laughs) where we grew up with, you know, the film industry. And I I think that's every generation, but I think ours. Well, this generation today, that's a lot different. than It's a lot different. Which is a a YouTube generation. A TikTok generation, mm-hmm. they're they're like you said that people. shorter attention yeah. span. Their 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 idea of a famous person comes from TikTok. Yeah, it's come from a movie industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so very different. It's totally different, and I'm you know I'm very I'm very blessed. My my nephew, who's like my best friend, and I get to show him like all the movies, all the TV shows and stuff. And he's very receptive to most of it. So I get to share it with him. I'm trying to retrain his brain to have that longer attention span. It's funny though, because we'll watch a movie as a family and we'll put the movie on. It's a movie that we didn't even pick as the the parents, mm-hmm. uh, our 12-year-old or our uh, 13-year-old would pick the movie and they wouldn't even watch it. They'd rather be on their phone watching YouTube. I'm like, well, yeah. My our eleven our uh, our nine year olds the same way too. It's like, put down your phone and watch mm-hmm. the movie. Stop watching YouTube. I mean, seriously, it's it's awful. It's horrible, and especially I mean today, it's the films that we're seeing today, or even like. A, exiting the realm of film and entering the the realm of television is so different than I think anything we've ever gotten to see I mean how television is so cinematic now well, you have 10 hours of, television of, changed completely mm-hmm. you had you had a um an era where we're growing up in the 80s and, and early 90s where MTV and music took over the television mm-hmm. and uh, sitcoms are very popular back then and then it took a change to reality yeah. TV. And reality TV took over those sitcoms. <laughs> and then the sitcom genre of the way they did things wasn't like your Seinfeld in the past anymore. Uh-uh. Or yeah, like I was even actually just and- reading a, an article about, you know, is the sitcom dead? And it's like, you have to wonder, um, is, is it? <laughs> there, there's very specific sitcoms that are still going today but i don't think it's dead but i think and, it's I, don't, a different, I, and I don't think it's dying but it is different it it's is. different it's humor is different it's evolved you know um well a lot of a lot of humor has evolved into not being humorous but more of being it's a it, like, you there, can't be funny anymore you without offending somebody well, I mean, you look at like a show like Shit's Creek and that show is Love that show. beloved, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's, it's funny because it's like a, a, a cerebral kind of humor. And I think because like, when you talk to, I mean, like, you know, I'm going to use the dreaded word, like millennials or even, you know, the younger generation, what is something we all have, co- you know, in common is, is existential dread, right? That's something I think everybody kind of has in common. And so I think that's kind of where humor has evolved is like to to teeter on this like darkness as opposed to raunchy, as opposed to offensive, like just to offend for the sake of offending. Well, they say misery needs company or, or, you know, and, and these shows aren't about the rich, like Schitt's Creek. 
yeah isn't about the rich anymore it's about the rich becoming poor mm-hmm. and watching him be poor or watching his family just trying to adapt in an environment that they're not used to being in and and i think that in alone is kind of reality as well yeah yeah it is because i mean and and that's i think such a common occurrence is you know you like so many people just lose things so fast and not that that's the humorous part of the show the humorous part of the show is to see how they've learned and changed you know Uh, they Um, haven't but they have by the end of it we are not going to get to a Shit's creek debacle here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i mean is that a sitcom though it's not no because a sitcom you immediately think of you know the laugh tracks and all of that yeah the laugh tracks yeah Yeah. and it's like i don't know like i don't puns and the jokes real real witty and quick yeah which are kind of stupid but that's but that's the point because you don't look to a sitcom to have like the same kind of you know like like i said where it's like schitt's creek has that kind of cerebral humor you don't walk into a sitcom expecting that you know they're the sitcoms they they approach certain subjects but it's it's essentially it's kind of like seinfeld it's a show about nothing you know that's that's its whole point of existing it's a show about nothing it's just funny happenings, funny occurrences, and that's it. And yeah, I don't think we don't have that anymore. So I don't think it's it's dead per se. I think it's just we're 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 foraging foraging ahead without I think, it. <laughs> I think if Seinfeld were to come back, um, it would do very well. Yeah, I think the ending of Seinfeld was very appropriate i know a lot of people that was like the number number one uh watched show when it finale and it just ended and and a lot of people hated the last episode of slantel i actually thought it was appropriate for who they were yeah they were awful well i think a lot of people forget that too it's like when most shows and like you said it it's you kind of forget like everything about the show when it comes to the finale and then people get really pissed off over essentially nothing when the ending was like truly actually the most fitting ending because like if you really think about it what other ending could have possibly worked they could care about anybody else in the world yeah. they just cared about themselves mm-hmm. individually yeah and a lot of people today are the same way they just sat there and criticized people looking at oh, yeah. outside their window or actually let's say going to the mall and you're staying at the mall just to watch people yeah and sit there and talk shit and that was them yeah every day of their life <laughs> and so that's why i felt that 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 last episode was very appropriate that was the one that worked uh, yeah and a lot of people oh that sucked i know it did not suck that's that fitted them perfectly you know would they help somebody in need of help or would they sit there and point of it and laugh <laughs> and watch they did yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think like i said i think it's very easy to from afar sit there and get get pissy over the ending because i mean and i guess you know going back to the actual question of you know me approaching uh pop culture material is it's because we form these relationships Mm -hmm. you know we we uh whether it be relating to or finding some kind of 
peace, some kind of inner peace in relationship to the media, whether it's as a distraction, whether it is being completely absorbed by, and I, I hyper-focus like it's no one's business. So like I can get in it, you know? Um, but I think the way we involve ourselves with, with anything we're presented with, you know, film, with TV, with, with, uh, the written word, with music, with all of that, you know, for people to sit there and deny that, oh, it doesn't affect me. I don't involve myself in that. You're lying. You are absolutely lying. It impacts us so much. We just don't even realize it. You you can show your age today where you can name off hundreds of actors, Mm -hmm. but you don't know one fucking YouTuber. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I I can't. Well, okay, we can go back. Christine McConnell is one that we both know. <laughs> yeah, but she started off elsewhere. <laughs> um, Christine McConnell. Um, but she's not even like a YouTuber. YouTuber. She just puts her content I on. I, I don't even know how we know of her. I think it was just through Facebook. Uh, or yeah, well, that's how she got her start. I, was on social. I don't think really. it was even Instagram. I think it was Facebook, and we started following her. And oh look, she has a television program. Mm-hmm. But it was already too late when we started watching it because Aww. it was already ready to start getting canceled. <sighs> um, it, it was in that that phase of um, transferring over to another season. Yeah. And but we knew about her before, and yeah. that was through Facebook. But um, her show was was a, a good show. It's entertaining. I don't think it was. Uh, inappropriate for the kids uh-uh. to watch uh, i think it was i think if it was on a different network you'd be doing yeah better not a different network but i mean you don't even have channel you don't even have tv channels anymore yeah there's no nbc there's no uh ktla there's no cbs i mean <laughs> if you tell a kid put it on nbc they'll be like oh, what, the what the fuck is that <laughs> But now anymore, no, it's like it's you like don't even want to put it on NBC. Yeah, because you want to put it on, you want like that kind of creative free reign. And I mean, with Netflix in and of itself, it's like they they don't they don't care. They don't give a fuck about uh, their shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the minute it, it feels like the minute any of their content does well, they're like, okay, let's pull the rug out from under it. You know, like let's stop it before it gets any better. Well, HBO as a as a um, cable network, mm-hmm. um, back when cable was a thing, um, <laughs> it had some adult content that was yeah. really late at night, and they would actually I think it was HBO at night or HBO at after dark. Yeah, I think that's what it's called after dark, and they would have this adult content late at night um netflix don't give a fuck no when they premiere something or when they show something yeah, or if a no. kid has access to it or not yeah and i think that's the and now you have to pay for you're paying for hbo to begin with with the regular cable package whatever package, but you had hbo included in that now you have to pay for a whole separate um what are they called? Um, the apps, the apps, yeah. the, where you have each, I mean, we have so many apps, but we started doing that way before it came popular. Yeah. We started getting into, okay, let's just have Netflix and have Hulu and then we'll pay <laughs> for this, this, because we don't watch any of this. Yeah. So we'll cut that out. Now you can't even watch some of the stuff that you're yeah. able to watch because Paramount 
yeah. has their own. HBO has their own. HBO is connected to Warner Brothers, so that's our Disney has their own. And so now you have to have all these you have <clears> different to. apps. It's exhausting. And with these different apps, you're paying more than what you were with the original cable. Yep. I know we moved over to like YouTube TV and I'm like, okay, we're saving money because we dropped cable. But what but do you really watch? We're still spending like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's less than a hundred, but it's more than 50 on streaming services, you know, yeah. but it's on the other hand, it's like, I consume so much that I'm like, I guess it's worth it. You know, like, it's like, how many, how many emails do I have left to get a free trial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's those generators that you can use yeah. <laughs> and even it's like joe and i we were talking about we want to watch that um heels yeah. with Stephen amell and i'm like we'll just wait until the whole season has aired and then we'll do the free trial and then watch it we'll binge it well, in a couple what's, days what's funny is um <laughs> we have rukus uh, on some of the televisions we have i think three rukus in our house and then I started buying that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And that used to be in our bedroom. Then all of a sudden we have these smart TVs that you do everything. The Roku is included on each other or whatever. But um, <clears throat> so the Roku, Roku, we'd have it in the living room and she'd want to watch something that we're watching in our in our bedroom. <laughs> okay, well, it's not on the Roku. So let's put it on the Roku. Next thing I know, I was getting a charge for something that we have free in our bedroom. Not that we have free, but we're already paying for it. Now I got to pay for it on that yep. unit as well. And I'm like, what the? And it hit my card so quick. I didn't even have a chance. You didn't it. even have time. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Why did I get charged for something I'm already getting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 weird. Um it is too much. It's just so much. But it's easy. It's easy once you get it situated. <laughs> but you have to go through that whole routine of getting it situated. Um, this Disney Channel. We've had the Disney Channel since they started um, premiering it as their own entity. And um, the Mandalorian came out and I got, got it for that specific reason. And then they started putting all their Star Wars and everything together all their packages for marvel together mm -hmm. on that specific channel i don't what is it called is it called the channel uh, <laughs> disney okay. plus in yeah. general yeah so the whole, the whole factor <clears throat> so then we got hulu with it okay and then after the mandalorian was done and we watched all the disney movies you could possibly watch <laughs> we're like okay let's get rid of the disney channel so we dropped disney we dropped hulu too we didn't mean yeah. to drop hulu too but it went with it Okay, so I'm like, oh, great. So now we got to get Hulu back. So <laughs> then now with Disney, there's some of the, of the Halloween shows that the kids want to see. And The Mandalorian's coming back. And um, um, I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. Huge. So you're waiting for that one. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that one. I mean, look at this. They're oh, yeah. Just a shop. little. Just a little. Some of those toys up there are from 1989. Oh, wow. That have not been opened nice and and they are my own toys yeah <clears throat> so so getting back to that so we we just purchased a disney again and then we wanted to shutter because it's halloween season and they put on a whole lot of new shows and a whole lot of movies that they added and stuff like that and then i wanted to see joe bob being that he's gonna <laughs> be a guest or thing so i gotta watch that so i got hit with shutter two bills <gasps> one on my tv and one on my Roku. oh my god yeah 
yeah, yeah you have to be this very is, mindful. This just happened last week. I'm just, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. easy to happen. We we're doing the whole thing with with AMC Plus. <laughs> that that like, AMC Plus is with Shutter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I got hit. I got hit from my Prime, and then I got hit with AMC on the other on the. Oh Roku. my god! And I'm like, why am I getting hit twice for the same <laughs> for the same program? Yeah, so, it's yeah. time. It's time to to sit down and do all the the hard work when it comes to figuring out what sign yeah. in to wear. What sign in to wear, and then also, also, what do I want to watch from that? What do I want to take off to? And then the Discovery Channel, which is kind of weird. Um, <sighs> It's it's like a whole network of it is they do all kinds of good Plus. stuff yeah exactly like and now you've got Eli TLC, Roth yeah Eli like, Roth yeah and he's he's doing nothing but anything with uh, Discovery Plus now so you're like well I guess I have to and subscribe. he was from Shutter yeah like yeah. wait can't you guys combine <laughs> like we just I want to see Zach Bagans and Eli Roth do stuff on like. It's like, why are they doing stuff together? I mean, <laughs> I know. Well, okay, no, no, no. And then why is, back, why is, this oh, is no, no, it's not that shocking because, okay, so several years ago, Eli Roth opened Goratorium in Las Vegas, right? And Joe and I went, we went opening night and it was so much fun. I got to meet him that night. Oh my oh, really? gosh. Like, yeah, Joe was like, please take her away from me. Just, just get rid of her. <laughs> like, just take her. And I'm just a bubbling mess. He's the like, Jew bear. He's the Jew bear. And I love him so much. Like, oh my gosh. He was, I, I have the biggest crush on Eli Roth. I've had the biggest crush on Eli Roth since what? When did Cabin Fever come out? Like 2001. Uh, yeah. So I have loved that man. Uh, but point is, when we went to Goratorium and they they we got to watch because we were standing outside waiting in line and we were watching like the, the press junket beforehand. And I mean, there were several people there. Zach Bagans pulls up and we're like, whoa, OK, what? Like, why is he here? <laughs> and of course, this is several years ago. He's kind of gotten a little bit more lax, you know, uh, in the aesthetics. He's, he's aging very gracefully. But at the time, it was when he wore his hair. And like the that cemented faux hawk yeah. that would not move. It was uh, like a forward kind of like it was the forward, yeah. but like you could probably hit it with a hammer and yeah. it would like protect his skull, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so you get to see it and it's just shining from afar, and you're like, okay, I guess it's just as perfect IRL as it is on TV. Good for him. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And uh, we actually got to meet um we met let's see we met eli roth um there's some other people there and then uh what's his face um from pantera um oh, oh my gosh vinnie paul got to meet vinnie paul there but he shows up like at all concert or all anything any event in vegas or, or, uh... just anything <laughs> uh like he was i've been to concerts with like vinnie paul's out there <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like we went to go see him and i'm like vinnie paul's a him fan that's weird yeah but yeah um so it's not that surprising to see them them partnering up i think the one that threw me okay this was the one that just like i i genuinely my brain like could not comprehend what was happening i turned on ghost adventures because i love it as background noise i just there's something about these grown men yelling bro bro did you see that bro it just calms <gasps> my soul yeah <laughs> look at this look at my arm man look at my arm bro uh but I was just watching and like Post Malone showed up and I was like, what, 
what? Why is Post Malone on Ghost Adventures? I I haven't seen that. It was so weird. I just, it was funny, but it was just weird. So um, anyway, I don't know how we got on this. Kelly and and, um, Jack, Jack and Kelly are a new show, uh, a ghost show. Oh yeah, um, so like the Osborne. No, the Osborne's want to believe the, the one that I just noticed the other day in my in my wife Jessica's even like so so what is he doing that? I'm all Zach is doing a bakery show. Yeah, cupcake is it cupcake wars or Halloween yeah, wars? One, one of them. Yeah. Why won't you say that word? What word? Cupcake or Halloween or? I don't know. You said you didn't want to say that word. No, I <laughs> no, I I don't. I just I don't want to. It was something that I was like, why is he doing that show? Yeah, I, mean, I saw that too. Like, and she's like, why? It's, it's, it has to do with horror. No, it has to do with cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, cupcakes he, do not scare me. Let that man put his hand in whatever baskets he wants. He is, he is harmless and delightful. <laughs> I, 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 I do like a lot of um, stuff that he's done. I do yeah. like his show. But it's still um, produced. It's still edited. It's still yeah. um, got that actor vibe to it. Of um, course, especially his show. Yeah. Well, I hate like one of my least favorite pro- like types of programs are like the dramatization kinds. You know where it's like what you see and like what Eli Roth and Zach Bagans just did, and I'm like, really seriously, I don't want to watch it, but I have I to th- watch I it. I thought that would, be but it different. wasn't bad. I thought it would be a lot different than the other shows, but it's yeah. just like the other shows. I mean, to me, it was, it, did they do the haunting of the the people? Oh, I can't. Or, I know there's a one where the people are haunted. I watched the house. two episodes. I think I haven't seen many. <laughs> But, but but we watch them all. We watch. I mean, we've watched so many of them that we're watching some really cheesy ones. Mm-hmm. That are done from different states, a different um, uh, production company, instead, low, very low budget. Mm-hmm. But we'll watch because sometimes there are gems that you'll find. Oh yeah, and there's some that are very low budget where there's not much editing, and you can tell they're using one camera. Yeah, and they capture some good shit. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where like YouTube also comes in handy because there are good YouTube like videos. Good. Oh ones. my god, there's there's one that um, the ghost in the pantry. Yes, that one still like traumatizes me. I think about that often. Well, there's, as... there's a whole documentary on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watch the documentary, it's better than the YouTube. Yeah. The YouTube, I, I remember the first time watching the YouTube uh, several years back. I mean, my, my wife watched it and we're like, oh my God, is it real? And then he'd open a pantry and there's nothing in there. And well, then maybe, you do maybe the, deep the, the Maybe yeah. the glass has actual, like, 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 it was a television screen yeah. built into glass. No, but it wasn't. And then they do the the documentary and they talk about the family. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. They divorced and everything else because of that. I mean, he was... The thing about ghosts or Ouija boards or anything that... Anything paranormal. Capt- yeah, anything paranormal that captures your attention and holds on to the, your attention. Yeah. I can see why... Uh, the guy got a divorce. I mean, yeah. not, not not the guy, but the wife divorced the guy. And yeah, that. he was probably so embedded into trying to figure this thing out, and mm-hmm. then, and then capitalizing on it as well. Yeah, but, but both. 
hand in hand, but still that 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 whole thing about the ghost of the um we see some really like freaky yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I've had enough occurrences like I'm not gonna sit here and you know like because I'm I'm like not like a huge huge believer but I've seen enough to be like okay there's some questionable things and I'm not gonna challenge that <laughs> like you know oh that's the difference between you and I then because I'll try to figure it out yeah. I mean, there, I mean we've like, had yeah, incidents I'll, I'll, fi- I'll try to figure it out I don't, I don't I don't try to figure it out I yeah I know it was something but I want to believe that it was. Did you hear that? Yeah. Did I hear uh, that? Yeah. That bell. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay. <laughs> um, I I want to debunk it before, before jumping into. I jump yeah. into it. So I'll sit there, and there there's been times when, okay, Jessica called me when I was over at Line Breakers. I was down like five minutes from here, and she texts me like an alarming text, and I got it, and she goes, and she sent me a video. And the video was of our bedroom. And she's like, Eddie, what is going on? And one of our lights were flickering on and off. Now, it wasn't the light. It was not the electrical. It was just weird. Yeah. And she shows me this. And she's freaking out because she heard noises before that. And mm-hmm. she's here alone with the kids. And the kids are, two of the kids are asleep. Or whatever. And she says, and I said, all right, I'm on my way home. I got here in three minutes. So I walk in the bedroom. It's not doing that. And then so I walk through the house and nothing's going on and then i come back in the bedroom we're talking and then such flickering weird i mean just like fluttering not really yeah but fluttering and then um i come over to the bathroom see if the bathroom lights doing something then i turn around and i'm talking to her and literally something fucking pushed me yeah oh wow literally i mean i she saw me get pushed like yeah the actual like force i like like stood there and i'm like holy shit and she says what was that and i said <laughs> i don't fucking know yeah no but i wanted to like be brave and turn <laughs> around and go back into the bathroom and see what the fuck was that yeah i can't tell you what it was i can't tell you if it was a nerve that twitch i can't tell you if it was but i think like when something like that that's what i mean it's like you can just kind of be like okay maybe it was something completely logical maybe it wasn't i i think you know i think there's there's a lot of instances where people again i'm not like a huge like oh there's there's vicious harmful uh entities that want to do nothing but harm you or anything like that um because it, it's it's well, my thing you know is, what i mean like I, I my thing is when they show uh these either movies a lot of them movies uh, they really don't show them on on the documentaries, but mainly yeah. movies that these ghosts or entities or whatever poltergeists that they can harm you. Yeah, that's like, so how, weird. How, how can they harm you? I can see, you know, if we want to go I mean, down, like the possession be- route and stuff like that, but like for them to physically harm you, yeah, that one takes like a pick whole... you up and throw you across the room. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess it depends, like you said, like you felt yourself being physically pushed, if that were the case, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I I guess. It was more like, uh, but... like if you take two fingers and you jam them into yeah. my shoulder, that's what it felt like. Yeah. It, was like, it felt like fingers being jammed into me. Yeah. What the hell yeah. was that? But uh, <clears throat> I, I, I don't think you could physically harm you, but I think you can get possessed and physically yeah. harm yourself. Yeah. 
or even, you know, just kind of like, uh, uh, have your mental state altered. I'm sure like, that's something that could occur, you know, like you said, on the same spectrum of winding up hurting yourself or something like that, like that, I will believe much easier than like the ghost beat the shit out of me. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine, imagine, like, yeah, he got his ass kicked by a ghost. He threw a dagger at me and I got stabbed. <laughs> you know, something like that. It's like, um, and I think that's why these documentaries, especially um, you have Ghost Adventures with Jacks, I mean, Zach's, and then you also have the Ghost um, Hunters, mm-hmm. which is the other big one that's been around for years. Now, that one, those people I think are, very close to being real than i would say zach yeah zach shows are i think zach is real i think a lot of things he i think he truly believes in everything he does i do not doubt that at all he wants you to believe but he overdoes it i think we'll go centers bro bro (laughs) what's um it's not eric what's his name aaron Aaron, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he is the biggest actor. Yeah. Uh, um, but they have him doing the most of the work too. Yeah. Um, but um, like Ghost Hunters, they will be debunk more than they will show something happening. Yeah. And a lot of the shows are aren't really showing a whole lot, but it shows um it's not gonna show you somebody being pushed down the hallway or yeah, or thrown into a wall or something. Like yeah. That more with like zach's would be like oh look at these God. goosebumps yeah <laughs> i i love the the equipment that they use and i'm like <laughs> the, or the little st- you just go to like an auto parts store and they're like the, i think this will work with the little stick <laughs> the stick man that are walking around like he jumped into <laughs> your body <laughs> he's inside I, of you he's like, i, I go, love that it's <laughs> just the stick man i know i die every time i see that i'm just like what <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, Why? I would really like to um, be there or, or or see somebody use that and actually in person. Yeah, stick that. <laughs> <laughs> or a phone. I don't know. I don't how. Uh, like, sorry, I can't be here while you guys film this. I'm gonna lose my shit. How how does it form a stick man? I mean, does a ghost actually have? <laughs> arms articulated legs. joints it must it must i, I mean because um since it's a little I ableist because what if it I doesn't younger, um my I, my imagination of a ghost is like a blob floating yeah. around yeah <laughs> like like a sheet yeah casper yeah now you have stick that has ghosts yeah. we have the blair witch to thank for that i guess Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she set them them body standards uh too high <laughs> for the ghosts. I don't, I don't really understand that movie either. But I understand the psycho <laughs> the psyche of yeah. that movie. But the ending was like um, I love that movie. That movie is it's still regarded in my brain as one of the best horror films that I've ever seen. And I don't even think it's necessarily like the film itself. That it's was how the it first reality. Me- it's it was movie. really well wasn't the first it was the first one that really like i think because i mean remember there was cannibal holocaust yeah back yeah. in the 70s yeah. and that was very similar you know we really i think i think it was just as publicized that these were real people who had really you know nobody knew i think only up until recently 
we Does still it? thought there were many real deaths in the film only to discover it was actually just the animals and now why I have a fear of turtles because when you hear a turtle scream it is the worst sound in the world but you had the found footage kind of films um but nothing like Blair Witch and I remember seeing that movie when I was when it first came out and I was like nine or ten and I like snuck to watch it with my sister and I was fucking terrified like that kind of terror you know what I mean like and and it just it scarred me and I I was like I had the nightmares I had you know I couldn't sleep with my closet open because I could see uh you know I'm sure there were like white you know glowy white hands peeping out and I was just sure and I love that feel like as an adult you know it's kind of like trying to chase some kind of high or something you're just like I want to feel that again <laughs> but the more horror you watch you're like I will never feel that again <laughs> because mine my, mine my, my would be the exorcist um yeah because of the reality of the yeah the whole thing um of being possessed well and that's another but, one that was kind of the first uh-huh. of its of its time and kind you know, there were people who had to be walked out of the theater <laughs> oh, for fainting, fainting, like and, and, and yeah. vomiting and stuff like that. Like, yeah. yeah, it's that was a unique, interesting experience, and it's it's hard to <clears throat> to question like where's the next move in horror because I've I say I say it on our podcast all the time. It's it's easy to shock and it's easy to offend. It's so hard to legitimately scare. You know, and I think, I think part of it is, I I think uh, that's what it is. Are, are you, are you more shocked in your fear? Yeah. Or or did, did that movie put some fear in you? Yeah. Um, because you can. It's it's. I can. I think a movie that um changed for me was The Sixth Sense. That one was because that was a whole new thing. That was because mo- I mean throughout the early nineties what was the biggest thing we had? We had the, the, the intense suspense thrillers, you know, we had, um, oh my gosh, uh, like, uh, sleeping with the enemy and, and yeah. films like that. Um, and dead calm, you know, that slow yeah, burn. But, we, suspense still, but thriller. we still had Freddie and we still had Jason. And then, but and, then we, but yeah. Then we had that type of horror. The sixth sense kind of turned that, you know, suspense into that horror and rewrote kind of where we were going there and yeah that one was that was a good one watching a ghost walk not towards you but past you yeah like in a hallway i know you just gave me chills like you know you're you're sitting there uh watching down the hallway now nothing's coming at you but just seeing a ghost Mm -hmm. I that is my favorite kind of horror um is just that more uh subliminal the more thoughtful kind of horror where I mean because I I love gore I love all that like I said I love shock and I love offensive material but to scare me like what works for me today is just that more subtle horror where it's like you you have to grasp a little you know like paranormal activity was creepy yeah yeah yeah. the first one yeah the the first first one the first two probably yeah because yeah it gave you a kind of realistic look it did and the the ending i that was one where it's like i don't think i could have done better with the ending i'm not saying that but it just it kind of lost its oomph when we started getting like more 
of it, but like the subtleties that, you know, it's like when he lays the powder down and you just see the little like chicken type of feet, you know, like that's, that's creepy because you really have to look for it. Wreck, wreck where you are watching it. And if you're not like a native Spanish speaker, you're glued to the subtitles. So you're super heavily involved in it. And that movie is so dark and, it's it's hard to see and then you're like oh oh shit what's that what's that in the background oh my god oh my god that's a child you know like just those little things that aren't in your face i love that to me like cloverfield would have been 10 times better had we never seen the monster there was something (laughs) oh i know there is something about somebody or something crawling on the floor Mm -hmm. um watching the exodus with her going up the stairs backwards that was kind of freaky is like because the body can't do that <laughs> but then watching the ring and having her come out of the well i was gonna creepy, say i'm sure you're, come you're out not of a fan of shit, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like that that was kind of creepy and scary that one was good time. but it wasn't like a it didn't have a it wasn't a slasher it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, a gory monster coming to eat you or anything like that but it was yeah. just this creepy person just walking and, yeah yeah and that disfigured that, yeah we went to um midsummer scream and um went to the six flags booth mm-hmm. and um they were showing off their characters and one of the characters is a, a reoccurring character that they've had before and it's this little short female and she's kind of just like in rags but she was crawling real creepy on the floor. And, and, and you're, in a, you're in a crowded room with yeah. tons of people. You're around. not thinking of looking. And, and, and you're, and there's this person crying. And you, you think that's the creepiest fucking thing. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, stand up, <laughs> walk <laughs> on all fours. <laughs> but, but even, even my, my daughter was like, she got behind me and she was like, peeped out by it and we know it's a person we know there's tons of people here yeah but she's crawling on the floor and her eyes uh you know with contacts and she's just looking at you all like just staring and creeping towards you now she was with uh, tricks but tricks was another character for six flags so six she was out of her tricks character but um she's standing right next to her and it's like (laughs) that freaking thing is creeping me out yeah. <laughs> Please do something her, about can her. Can you pick her up off the floor and get, <laughs> get her into another room? Please. But, but um, then I saw her inside some of the other rooms as well, yeah. um, uh, promoting her character. But she's a, a reoccurring character. I forgot her name. But yeah, she's and she's only so tall. Yeah. She's a lot shorter than I am. <laughs> and she, but the way she creeps down and does her body movements. Is, yeah. <laughs> it just does enough. It's, um, yeah, body horror. It's it's creepy because it's to think of people who can do things like that. <laughs> that's what makes it creepy. Now Drastic is going to be at uh, yeah. Scare Fair as well. I am so excited to not, see her in person. Hers is, not, hers is not creepy, but it's cool. I mean, it's, but she, okay, a woman coming out of a box is is not not creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got the advantage to see her and make do a video that my daughter was in as well. Mm-hmm. And watching her come out of that box, because we didn't know she was in the box. 
Oh, yeah. He walked into the room and my son's, hey, there's Jackson's box. And I'm like, yeah, it is on. And then you see a hand pop out. Like, <laughs> and then she starts, and I grabbed my camera, my phone, and started filming um, her come out of the box. And <laughs> now, my other daughter, she, she's, uh, she's 12 now. She just turned 12 in the middle of September. But she can um, put both of her legs behind her head. And she is 5'11. Oh my god! And she's, is is she the same one who's doing the yeah, the clown? Yeah, yeah. that's where get we, her get her into yeah, some kind to, of like clown school. She, she wants to start doing that. Well, she's learning with all the other clowns from Society Squad, mm-hmm. the Society's the Scare Society Squad. Um, so she's hanging around with them now because they were the ones that originally scared the fuck out of her. <laughs> uh, she was terrified of them. And she was terrified of tricks, being tricks with her. <laughs> she didn't want to meet her. Um, and then, then, but on her way home, she's like, I want to be a clown. I'm like, why do you want to be a clown if you're afraid of them? Because I don't want them to scare me anymore. Yeah. And it, it worked. It sound logic. It, it worked because now they're all her friends. And yeah. she knows, but she knows that. Yeah. That she'd be able to go inside a haunted house and see the ones that she's not. Even I think bumpy, the older bumpy, she gets, probably just because especially hanging out with like actual like like theatrical clowns she'll get to see the 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 behind the scenes you know everything that goes into creating these personas and everything like that so then I think she'll reach a point eventually where she's kind of able to separate like oh no this is just you know this is what goes into making the, the character I can see they're wearing sliders or I can see, you know, I can see that the prosthetic is kind of maybe not glued yeah. down secure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's been around a lot of them with prosthetics. She's been a lot of, yeah. around a lot of them with the, the mask and she, so she, think, has, yeah. she has a mask too. Yeah. Um, one of the um, mask makers with for the clowns made yeah. her a mask. Oh, it's really cool. Um, she will wear like if she's doing an event, one day and then the next day she doesn't want to wear the makeup so because it's hard to get off and yeah hard to clear your eyes so she'll wear the mask but um she she's starting to get more into and get more involved with the photographers so many mm. photographers want to take pictures of her and um there's even little girls that run up to her oh giggles or how does she know what <laughs> you know and she she sees her online or on uh, pictures or photos yeah, it's something that she wants to do. She wants to do more of the contortionist type thing. That would well. be cool. And um, one of the fire blowers uh, wants to do a video with her. Now, she's been around them, but she hasn't actually done anything with them. One of yeah. the fire blowers wants to do uh, a scene with her where they're taking pictures. And she's uh, we give her the permission to do that. Yeah. So she's excited. That is one thing I've always wanted to learn <laughs> is fire blowing. <laughs> There's so much safety that has to be involved. With that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go to some of these events and we watch some of these guys doing it. And some of them are very cautious of their surroundings, very cautious of what they should be doing. Have the protective aids close by in case the fire gets out of hand or mm-hmm. they need to um, put something out or, or whatever then you have these guys just freely doing it and doing shit I mean, yeah like, willy-nilly oh, what the hell's wrong with you yeah uh, you have a kid saying. next to you or there's a car next to you or <laughs> a, uh, a bale of hay next to you oh my god no. uh, yeah and they're just all like oh let's check this out oh let me burn my arm and it's like dude 
yeah be a little uh, mindful where, where where is your um protective gear to <laughs> get in case your arm catches on fire yeah but there's yeah. some very safe people out there we're gonna have um and and mandane at our show and uh he's from the Beetlejuice house and uh the Beetle house yeah um, in hollywood and he's gonna have six other performers with them now i know a couple of them are our fire breathers as well i'm not sure what they're going to do at scarefer but they're going to be doing something out in the corridor area of scarefer yeah which is really cool i'm excited to just have them being there and walking around and, and and now he he is the um character for beetlejuice he's uh done beetlejuice for the past seven years and has been uh their primary beetlejuice at universe studios but he can't do him at scarefer yeah but he does have other characters that does so it's gonna be yeah i think that'll be <clears throat> freaking awesome i i do uh, have to ask like where where you am i gonna be able to see any of this <laughs> where you have me stationed <laughs> if you walk around no no there will be clowns coming in there there's be some of the performers walking in the building scares uh, walking here and there and there'll be some yeah, i mean because john masari is going to be in your area as well yeah so the killer clowns will be probably be in that oh. area there's going to be three killer clowns walking around um in full costume um bumpy oh yeah uh, i don't remember if you remember what he looks like yeah he's one of those clowns that you look like and you say he's scary as fuck <laughs> and because it's just like his act the way he acts and it's like he, he's supposed to be like a child performer type clown but he's really creepy really eerie and it kind of reminds you of a john wayne gacy kind of mm-hmm. like but a bloodier type yeah and he is he's got that character for bumpy the clown down yeah he is fucking creepy and um we walked into a spooky booth and a frank fangs sons one time and we're walking, and Bumpy just waves from a distance at Mason, my son. And Mason's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I saw Mason wave, and I look over, and I'm like, what the fuck? But we had already, <laughs> we had already, um, I was already um, talking to him, so I knew he was going to want to talk to me once he saw me there. So I was already knowing that I was already going to get him to scare her, but just seeing him, like, yeah. And we've seen him several times. And I've talked, I've actually did an interview with the, one of the, the, the guys that's going to be in Unmandane, uh, his, <laughs> his group. I did an interview with, with him. He actually interviewed me for Skipper. And uh, he's going to bring his purple hearse um, and park it in the front. Uh-huh. And um, he's going to perform at um, AJ's bar <clears throat> too. But he's going to be there. And well, he did the interview with me and had Bumpy standing behind me. Acting all weird the whole time. Yeah, was just breathing fine, down but, your neck. <laughs> yeah, but I, when I talk to him, he talks to me as a regular person. Yeah, but he's creepy. He is. Yeah, creepy. Um, which is this, good. That's what you want out of a character. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people are getting it. It's good. Um, yeah. There's going to be a lot of sliders. There's going to be quite a few sliders, quite a few creepy clowns. Um, there's going to be Michael Myers walking around. He plays a really good Michael Myers too. Uh, There's going to be a Captain Spaulding. Who, yeah, that one's going to be so fun to see. Um, he he's done at the Roasted Dead Coffee Shop in Yukaipa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a an event, um, and I met Captain Spaulding there. 
the unofficial captain spotting i met him there and that was his first time doing him but he plays them so realistically that he looks like them so he's going to be there as well at the uh, um, scare fair um bumpy tricks of course it's going to be a lot of uh, uh clown 31 um i know of some that are coming that are, are not announced as well yeah Just walking around freely um, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be scary. yeah. Because I also feel like if we had made like an announcement for every clown that's gonna be there, like oh. it, it, it a would be pointless. But b it's like no, we want to surprise everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like the killer clowns. I mean, mm-hmm. I met them at uh, an event called Killer Circus um, that we were doing a booth at, and um, John Rosari didn't even know that they were gonna be there. I'm sorry is the killer clown poser. Killer clown's composer. And so he's, uh, he's got the in yeah. <laughs> with the killer clowns. Yeah. And so um getting the killer clowns to come up. I even talked to them the other day to make sure that they're coming. And yes, they're definitely coming. Nice. But to have a couple characters walking around like that that um are pretty much legit and what they do mm-hmm. is gonna be really cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited for what our visitors are going to get when they come because i think it's going to be a lot of performers yeah i I think i think people are aware that it's going to be a phenomenal but i think i think it's going to be surprising you know what i mean like i think they're gonna be like okay yeah it's gonna be a cool event but i think they're gonna like turn around and walk out and be like that was so much better than i could have even imagined i in my own opinion living up here in victorville uh, now there's some haunted houses here in Victorville. There's some uh, asylums over in that valley. There's a, a Hesperia haunted house. Um, there's a haunted house in Feeling. But to get this amount of uh, performers that are um, asked to perform at different events and to see these performers um, in different areas of the an actual expo, Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really cool yeah. for the for the the ticket holders that are coming to see the event and and getting them surprised by how many performers there's going to be. Yeah, and then to see them in psychotic um, is going to be really cool too. I think so because I think there's going to be like a, at least sixteen inside of psychotic. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And there's going to be a parkour, which is going to be leaking from here and there. Oh, my and gosh. Fix is going to walk around the whole day until 5.30 um, on stilts. Oh, my god! So seeing a giant clown and a really cute... I- I can't wait to meet Trix up close and personal. She was, I drew her face like with the goal of animating it. So like, I'm so familiar with Trix's face. So, like, I'm so stoked to meet her up close and personal. Well, she is very excited to be playing Trix because she's at Six Flags and she does other characters there. Mm-hmm. And um, she does, um, and she does Trix there, but not as much as she's doing the, all these newer characters. Yeah. And so um, she's very excited for doing uh, Scarefer. She yeah. is uh, thrilled to be coming out and, and, and doing what she loves best. Mm-hmm. And that's playing tricks. Yeah. And so she's very excited. And just her giggle, the way she giggles, the way she like scares people. And she <laughs> is a phenomenal slider. Yeah. Awesome slider. She's better than... Than any guy slider I know, 
that I've seen, uh, she will blow them away. She she yeah. does things where she will leap over three people on their knees, hands and knees, and she will slide across the floor, jumping over them. And she is awesome. She's and then, Louise. And then, and then being on stilts and yeah, she can't wait. And then seeing drastic. And I hope I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, that's, that's how many there are though is you have to sit there and go wait well, well the the, the um <laughs> i i hate to not mention the scare squad side because there's mm-hmm. six members in that squad and they each have their names there's crib claw there's the 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 rizzler there's the zipper he has this like a huge teeth like <laughs> like a zipper um yeah. there's a this guy named homemade lasagna yeah He's a character. And okay. He, okay. Jennifer's body, lasagna with teeth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't have lasagna with teeth, but his face is kind of <laughs> scarbled and he he's actually like a um like a what do they call the, the dude that, that that's at a carnival or at a fair that that um do the game booths? Oh, like not a carny, but um uh I know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, he's of, dressed like can't... that type of guy. Um they're actually going to be wearing cool costumes. Yeah. Their, their costumes are costumes that you have them all together um, for this event um, are going to be really cool. I, I seen the, what they're going to be wearing and I think all of them together are going to just be awesome. Yeah. Um, what else? What, what the other one? Um, the scarce cost side. <laughs> so. I know. It's getting late. It's getting late and I know it's like we're both kind of like Wait, okay. How many people are there? <laughs> well, um, we got Joe Bob Briggs, we got uh Darcy, uh the male girl lady. Um <laughs> the male is, girl lady. <laughs> the, the, well, I I'm told to call her Darcy. She Darcy is, the male she's, girl. She's uh Diana Prince. She plays Darcy, the male girl. Um, Joe Bob Briggs, uh John Asari. We have um Walter Phelan, uh Lisa Wilcox. Uh, Mrs. Sahagan. Who am I missing? Uh, oh, we got the um, Grim Life Collective, who yeah. is an internet s- sensation, a YouTube sensation. They go, and the Talkie Horror Podcast. And the Talkie Horror Podcast, who is also from Universal, too. Are they? Uh, yep, they're from Universal. They've been, they've actually worked at, the, both of them have worked at uh, Universal's for almost 20 years. How so, fun. So they work there as well. They, Play different characters i know she plays um our um pinner palmer she plays um lucy and uh marilyn monroe oh cute yeah. so they're going to be uh hosting the or judging the um scream queen contest lisa wilcox is going to be doing the um the cosplay and costume contest now i do want to show this yes yes you have to have it on blu-ray um I wanted to show that because that's something that you had suggested that we do. Um, and something I, 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 I was, I was very much like, we don't have to do it guys. Like, like you don't have to make room for it, but like I was manifesting. I'm like, please let them do it. Please, <laughs> like, please, please, please. Yeah, that's, that's going to be at 12 o'clock. Um, that's going to be our first event. Um, and we're going to have a audience participation. So if the audience likes to get up and dance and dress uh, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, cast members, um, I totally say do it. Um, <laughs> I would love to, to see that. I haven't seen that 
since um gosh it's been like 20 years and then there's um <laughs> our convict artist um there's uh american zombie who is um a rob a zombie cover uh, tribute band sorry they're a tribute band so <laughs> can't wait to see them so that's scare fair yeah. with over 50 vendors jenna are yeah. you are you still um, there am i glitching i'm still here can you hear me yep i can hear you okay yeah so so i guess what what we're trying to say is there have been uh monumental hours <laughs> put into this uh i don't think i mean if we if we had it on a timesheet it it wouldn't fit on a single sheet uh so we are hereby trying to guilt you to attend scare fair uh to <laughs> to pity us and the hours we have put in <laughs> but uh we just uh we want to put something on that's phenomenal you know and and make sure that like i said going back to the very beginning with the legitimacy and and making sure that um it's it's gonna be a unique experience um you know i have if you're at all interested in who i am as an artist i have pieces that i'm like legitimately going to premiere at scare fair jenna will have a booth of the artist sally um so anybody that saw some of the art that i was showing um feel free to go to her booth uh meet her she's the artist behind scare fair and uh, she does her own art as well and will be selling at her booth <laughs> yes so. i i have lots of goodies lots and lots of goodies and um yeah it's it's <sighs> it's a lot of work it's a lot of work preparing for this and well, well for the high desert area for victorville I know the LA area has seen many of these events. The Orange County area has seen many of the events. Even the Inland Empire has seen some of these events, but Victorville has never, never seen, Victorville, yeah, has never seen an event like this. Whether mm -mm. you've been in Asperia, uh, Alpha Valley, Victorville, somewhere in the high desert, we have never seen an event like this. Mm -mm. So we're no, and I've lived here my whole life, guys. Like it's it is going to be insane in the best of ways i'm i'm stoked i'm fucking stoked i cannot wait for the 31st though that being said 30th <laughs> I, october 30th, 31st no, no, i know i can't wait oh. for the 30 the 31st so i can rest <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. i don't know what i'm going to be doing the first part of the resting but i do have to get back in and help clean up the, the, the aftermath but um, oh, yeah, there even is after Scarefer, there's AJ's Bar and Grill who's going to have the after party, the official after party um, for Scarefer. Uh, they are going to have Unmanned Dame performed there as well. So, nice. Okay, everybody, well, it's time to go. We've been on this for quite a while. This yeah, is my we... longest podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. No problem. We had a lot to talk about. This it is what it's like when we get on the phone with each other it's 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 a long conversation oh, yeah all the time okay. and i know it always ends in one of us going i'm gonna go eat dinner now no nah, <laughs> my cold dinner i know I, I have a sandwich waiting for me yeah yeah my wife cooked uh dinner two hours ago and oh no she didn't we already had dinner <laughs> um but i did want to uh let everybody meet and see you as Jenna Sparks and know who is behind the creativity and the artistry and uh, know that you are will, will have a booth there at Scarefair as well. I'll be there. 
I'll be there and we'll be getting ready, hopefully to do it all again next year after PCE. Yep. So culture <laughs> expo in February. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we're signing off. Thank you for watching my public life as American nerd. Thank you, Jenna, for joining me and everybody have a good night. Good day. All right. Bye -bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Bye.